Are you searching for the direction to succeed at the business of life? Struggling with debt, decisions, stress, or just trying to find the right mentor? Look no further, because your host, Paul Ciarto, is giving you the non-negotiable life lessons to get on the right path to building perpetual wealth and establishing the never-broken mindset. Over the past few weeks, we have, we've actually dove into several topics, focusing on being a survivor, focusing on stress management, and latest, uh, we, we, we actually touched a bit on time management. And today, I want to actually explore you know, all three topics a little bit more, and uh, I want to discuss it with a guest of mine. His name is Don Schreffler, and he has been in the world of entrepreneurship for the past 20 plus years. And prior to that, he was a, uh, a bond broker. So, I mean, speak of uh, extremely stressful environments, this is one. So I want to break down these uh, these three plus topics with Don to just get his take on uh, on some things. So so first, let me welcome Don. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So Don, let me let me just give you uh, about a minute here to go over. Give me give me the details of your background. Like how the heck did you get into what you're doing today, and what exactly are you doing today? Yeah, I'll give you the thirty second, sixty second version. Uh, we own a digital marketing agency. It's a boutique agency. We service you know particular aspects of the digital marketing world. The um, initial primary business for me was in finance. I was an institutional bond broker, um, did well with that, and then decided to go back to school for a little while. Dropped out twice to start businesses both times. I never did finish, finished the businesses. Um, but what I found was it was just something that was in me to create. I just did, I wasn't satisfied or fulfilled unless I felt like I was like making, doing building something. And I didn't find that I didn't, you know, I didn't need the cash. So I just wanted to go out and, and, and endeavor to do what I could do best. I thought, which was to create, I ended up um, in the mark in the uh, mortgage business for about 12 years. And in the mortgage business, I discovered marketing and I found out that I could put out $10,000 and get back 93,000. And then my world changed from that day on. Nice. And that was that was when I decided to get much more heavily onto the marketing side because I realized I could turn the knobs yeah, yeah, and make yeah. things happen rather yeah. than waiting. So let, I what I want I want to actually break down a little bit of uh what what you've done in your life. You know, you uh you were into bond being a bond broker and then you progressed out of that. You went to school and then, you know, now you're into uh, being an entrepreneur. And uh, everyone knows my background. I come from a really tough background about you know, uh, craziness with my family and my whole premise of every single thing I do is about survival. And, you know, it's, it's less about how much cash or wealth can I develop. It's about if I'm going to proceed forward, there has to be a, a reason for it. And for me, the foundation is always survival. So whenever I start a business, it must survive. There is no room for failure or quit. It's, it's a survival first mentality. So kind of let me kind of break that down with you. I mean, you were you were in the bond brokerage area. Why did you get out of that? What made you uh, jump? Well, what was happening was we were. I, I was very young. You know, at twenty twenty one years old, it's extremely unusual that you're in a position as a bond broker, right? So we were at that time doing some fairly innovative stuff. This is eighty six, eighty seven, with some mortgage bonds and what have you. So we're getting paid very, very well because we were innovating. 
about nine months to 12 months into that, Goldman Sachs also started to come into the game. Wow. And the pricing and the spreads and all of the profitability was just sucked out of the room entirely. Wow. I had done very well. I felt like I had found out about a college in Annapolis that was really more from my head. It was a liberal arts thing. I could learn Greek. I could learn history and you know what have yeah. you. So, um, But the survival thing that you talk about, well, how do you even survive that? I mean, Goldman Sachs is coming in. They're taking away the margins. I mean, they're they're completely disrupting that business, totally that market. I mean, it. how do you survive through something like that? I mean, what do you do? I mean, what's going through your head knowing that this behemoth is coming into the business and they're actually going to take away your life? Yeah, and 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 not only that, your life is your income is going to change. You probably where you live is going to you know all that happens. So, I think that the first thing is when when you realize that's the case. There's, at least for me, there's often fear, right? And I don't think that fear is a horrible thing. I think it's an indicator of, of, you know, some upcoming problems, some pain, some problems, some issues, uh, but it can be extremely problematic and you can get frozen in that. So for me, the first part of survival is to get through the point of being frozen, of being just like, what am I going to do? And a lot of it then comes down to assessing, again, I speak for myself, it comes down to assessing like, okay, what can I do? What do I have? What can I do with what I have, yeah. right? Because anything else really doesn't matter yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah. So I try to then put as much focus on turning what I have into something that has merit or that can be built upon. Yeah. And then build on that. And yeah. that, that's exactly what I did in that case. So how old issues. were you when Goldman Sachs came in and they started disrupting? 26. So we're 26 years old and you're at the point where now you have to figure out how to survive. And uh, it sounds like you made a choice whether to stay or progress yourself. And I guess your survival tactic in that case was, hey, you know, I'm going to jump into this you know, a university setting. I'm going to expand my knowledge base to essentially protect my butt if this ever happened again. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to like, look, making mistakes is one thing. I'm reconciled to the fact that yeah. I'm going to make mistakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. making them over and over and over. I have decided that that is the thing I'm going to work most on not doing. Okay. And as a result, a lot of what I found was um, when I did fail, I had, failed in a similar way or in an arena or a manner where I could have avoided it yeah. had I, you know, been a little bit more together, had yeah. I planned better. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing that you were mentioning about survival. I think that on a lot of levels, and, and maybe some of it's just the psychological. I mean, I almost picture it like, you know, let's say you, you, you know, you, you, you bolt out of a plane, you're in enemy territory, right? Yeah. You know, you've only got bushes and, and a river, okay? Yeah. But at some point, after you get through the trauma of the, you know, the landing and you've gathered up what you have around you and have assessed, at some point, you have to come up with a plan. Yeah. yeah. You have to have a plan. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, one of the foundations of surviving is figuring out, you know, after you get beyond the state the of near frozen, survival, right? Yeah. Um, you know, hey, I need to plan. I need to create a plan of action on what I need to survive, not what I want, 
to live, but what I need to survive. So in your case, you go to school and then after school, you start going down this path of being an entrepreneur. I mean, kind of tell me about that. Like, what are we doing as an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, when I started a lot of that, I I had a certain skill set or a couple of skill sets, uh, was decent in sales, could kind of like do some deal structure and what have you. What I found originally was that I looked to people that were a lot more experienced than me yeah. and people that were, in theory, they're able to help me and what have you. And I found the vast majority of them were, in fact, a lot further along than I am, but they weren't willing, really, to give any of it up. They weren't willing to um, open up to me and allow me, through my just works, through my yeah, own efforts, yeah. to learn and grow and change in a way that would be significant. They were somehow, in most cases, feeling like they were made less than. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it was kind of a hard scrabble thing. And the most difficult thing for me on the entrepreneur, I'd say the most, one of the difficult things is it's very lonely, man, because you don't know who to talk to. The people that look like they know what they're doing, many of them don't, yeah. right? Yeah. You just don't know yeah. what you don't know. Yep. And it makes it very tough. So your survival methodology comes in and you end up probably overweighting that and maybe missing some opportunity. But yeah. at first it's all about making sure. And I mean, there've been many times where I have felt, you know, half an inch yeah, 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 away yeah. from not yeah, yeah, surviving, yeah. Yeah. running on fumes. So, so, so like, let's, uh, let's unpack that a little bit. So, uh, you're at the point where at times you feel like you're, you're just millimeters away from, you know, not surviving, you know, the, whatever is happening at the time. I mean, whether you're tr creating a new, mm -hmm. new endeavor, you know, you may not have all the knowledge, you may not have the funds. What brought you through it? Wait, what got you through it? I mean, why did you keep going down this entrepreneurial path? Because it is lonely. It is tough. I, I, I just believe that I'm going to, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm, 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 100% convinced that I'm going to value myself better than anyone else is going to value me. So the number of people that would, for example, hire me yeah. and pay me what I'm really worth mm -hmm. would be problematic. The other thing is, and you'll probably relate to this, yeah, yeah. like if I sat in a job for hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and had ideas and I gave them my ideas and they said no, well, that would be one thing. But if they didn't want to hear the ideas, yeah, 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 yeah. now I couldn't get, I, I can't yeah, stay there yeah, a day, yeah. right? Yeah. Because having ideas and having thoughts and having constantly a desire to improve or move yeah. forward or try that, I think that's, that's just the nature of what it is to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so you almost... It's almost like saying to the guy who's in the postal service, like, my gosh, don't you want to be out of the postal service? Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with the yeah, postal yeah, yeah, service. Yeah. It's just a mindset. Yeah. And I'm more comfortable depending on me yeah. than anyone else. So it's interesting. So when I went through this survivorpreneur mindset, I kind of went through the, the, you know, the interrelationships between an entrepreneur and someone who is you know, introducing their survival instinct in life. 
And if you look at entrepreneurs, they are probably the, the, the toughest, grittiest, you know, individuals that are willing to move forward to just survive. And, you know, whether they have to sleep on a, you know, a cot in the, you know, in someone's basement, they don't care. They're you just do there what you to have make to it happen. do. You absolutely. And you know what? I believe that there's times that you're moving forward and it's only because in your own mind's eye, you may be the only one that can see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you can, and if you listen to mommy and your brother, Bob, and, yeah, you know, yeah, Billy yeah, down yeah, the block yeah. and the guy at the, at yeah. the you know, you, there's a certain vision that if you don't have a real sense of what this becomes, if it's just all nebulous, you can't, you don't have a map towards like this general area. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. a map towards a spot. Yeah. And if you have that spot, the more you can see that spot, the more you can live and breathe and taste that spot. Yeah. I think that sometimes that's the only thing that pulls me along because yeah. I just am so tied yeah, yeah, to yeah. that goal, yeah. to that end. So, so what's crazy for me is that uh, people, for me, quitting is a choice. Like surviving, you actually, the body is designed to force you to survive. It will actually do everything and anything to try to survive. So essentially, you know, quitting is a choice. Not surviving is a choice because it's instinctual to continue forward and try to progress. So so I want to I jump now into your entrepreneurial endeavor. So right now you have a media company. Kind of a, go through a little detail there. Like what exactly do you do with that media company? Sure. So what we do is... We work with companies that are what we consider under-optimized relative to where they should be, which is typically either a function of them not employing or engaging new media in a way that's significant. Maybe their strategies don't incorporate it or they're unaware of the tools and techniques. So sometimes it's coming in and assessing and then just helping kind of design, blueprint, plan, and in in most cases, implement for them. Some cases you're managing as well. Um, some of the areas of specialization that we're in, the little section that comes up under the map, which is known as the Google My Business Pack or the yeah, three yeah, pack, yeah. for local businesses, certain businesses, that's very important. We've mastered that as well yeah. as a primary part of our product line. And we do the standard, you know, management of AdWords and, and, yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. But we we want to be the people that are exceptional. Yeah. At this or that. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. want to be generalists and just do a little bit better than the last yeah. guy. So coming from a uh, survival mode, I mean, you've progressed through the uh, the brokerage days. You went to school. Now you're an entrepreneur. And now you're at the point of thriving. So so now you, it sounds like you have a portfolio of clients. And, you know, you, every client's probably very different. You know, they have probably different verticals they focus on. They do slightly different things, maybe very different things. How the heck do you manage this? I mean, I, I, you know, I sit back and I, I think of some of these, you know, organizations that are doing similar things and the owner operators, they deal with tremendous stress. Uh, let's kind of dive into that a little bit because I'm sure your clients deal with stress, but how do you deal with stress? I mean, how many clients do you have right now? It's about 35, 34, 35. So you think 34, 35. I can only imagine having 34, 35 kids. 
know, asking <laughs> they're me, much the same. Yeah, they're much the same. You know, asking me for you know uh, lunch, dinner, you know, bathroom breaks. Where's the ketchup? Know, where's the ketchup? And so on and so on. And I could only imagine having thirty-five you know organizations that are constantly asking you for you know more, more, more. We need help with this, this, and that. So let's let's talk about stress management. So one. I think stress management and time management actually go together. So let's start with stress. One, do you have stress? Yeah. Yes, I absolutely do. Yeah. And what, what does that mean to you? What is the definition of stress for you? Stress for me, I guess to, to loosely define it, a lot of it stems from the feeling of unmet commitments, unmet yep. time, unavailable time to do what needs to be done. And it's a sense of not knowing sometimes what to do, being frozen in indecision is yeah, very stressful. Yeah. Uh, but I think that stress is anytime I'm not thinking productively, yeah. i.e. thinking about something I choose to be thinking about that's moving me forward, that's furthering maybe I'm reading. If I'm ruminating in my yeah. head, just yeah. running around, I you know, you can end up with something you tell yourself that you actually start to believe and yeah, it could be something yeah. incredibly stupid. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's self-talk so, is, I think if we just chat with people regarding stress, I think the majority of people that stress, I mean, I think it comes down to one primary factor, lack of a sense of control. Absolutely. And you know, if you break it down, whether it be this or that, it's a lack of control over, you know, what may be coming future control, even present control. So let's, 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 Talk about some tactics because you deal with 35 plus clients. You're in a high stress environment. How do you deal with that? I mean, people go home. They, you know, we're stressed through the long day. Some people try to unwind and relax. What do you do, Don? So uh, let me, let me share with you a few like absolutely useful tools to start with. So number one, I try to schedule everything I possibly can. Yeah. Okay, so as much of my day as possible is scheduled in advance. So when do you start the scheduling? Okay, I, I have an hour a day each yeah. day. And at that during that hour each day, I look over the previous day's business, yeah. the previous week's business, the week's coming up business yeah. to see if it triggers any thoughts in my mind. Because yeah. a thought in my mind that isn't written down yeah. okay, will come back to plague me again and again. Okay. It's like you return to that same thought. So get all the thoughts out. I go back to my sent emails and I check there again to trigger me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I let my current emails stack up. I don't answer them as they come in, typically. I let them gather and then I'll go through those emails. Yeah. I'll put them to someplace. Like if I know I'm going to delegate this, yeah. I'll put it in a spot to delegate it. If I know this is something I have to do, I put yeah. it there. If it's something I have to time block, or I know I have yeah, to do yeah, it, yeah. but I have to block the time to do it. I'll put it there. Now, I'm not deciding what to do yet. I'm just clearing all of my loose ends. Yeah. Then, let's say at 4 o'clock, I decide to go in and process and say, oh, these delegations, let me write the emails associated with these three things. Then those are done. But I'm blocking out the time when my mindset is at the right spot yeah. to think about those things. Yeah compartmentalization is also really important. So I know that if I'm going into a meeting, that's going to be something that's taking an hour and a half of my time. And I know that I'm going to be thinking about, you know, X, Y, or Z that's happening later in the afternoon. Yeah. 
and I'm waiting for some information. Do I want to open my email right before I go into that meeting? No. Because I'm a human being like anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I could, you know, put the stress of that aside, why not just stay as focused as I can? Yeah, yeah. So I think that pushing – Pushing the items that you do have to sort and plan into a time frame in which yeah, you can do that yeah. effectively allows you then to come up with inevitably some form of tracking, a trusted system yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can have some sense of control. And it also allows you to do the next thing, which is then you can see all of your obligations yeah. and prioritize. Because yeah. if you if you don't know what's not getting done, yeah. you're stressed. Yeah. If you know things aren't getting done, which they're always not getting yeah, yeah, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. at least you know what's not getting done so you can keep a running priority on yeah, yeah, making yeah. sure the important yeah. things that really move you forward happen. So it's really interesting that you're, you're, you're integrating stress management with time management. And one Absolutely. thing that I put out last week was uh, time management. I start my day every day with a task list. And I go through, I identify what are the priorities of the day, what has to get done. And I, I actually create a value, you know, uh, uh, I put a value against every single task. And from there, then I reprioritize those items based on the value proposition they create. And I know exactly how I'm going to execute my day. So now we'll take that and we'll kind of intertwine that with stress management. So stress is due to the lack of control of what may be coming or what is there. And, you know, what I always tell people is one way to easily decrease your stress, and you mentioned it, is to write it down. Write down what is stressing you. So what I do is I I go through this technique of if I know something may happen, all right? So let's say I have a a contract that, that may not go through. You know what I'll do? I'll write down that situation. You know, the the stress of Losing a contract. And right away, what happens What happens when you think of stuff like that, Don? It, what happens is it's the oddest thing. It, it disappears. Like I can look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like it's, like it's the same thing as um, let's say you felt a surge of fear yeah, yeah, yeah. because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah, yeah. If, you can, if you can actually, instead of trying to run or leave that behind yeah. – if you can just stop and actually take a moment and look at it, what happens is you start to see it dissipate yeah, because you're yeah. really not going to end up under yeah. a bridge yeah. with your kids. I you're agree. really not yep. going to yep. you know, have the thing fall apart tomorrow. Yep. It, everything is never as good or as bad as it seemed at first. And being able to have, have it down in writing, being able to take a look and say, you know what, all things considered – I got these two of my top three things done today. I feel like it was, you know, a good day as a rule. I I love that. And what I typically do is I'll write it down. And what I do is I create these, a stress mitigation plan. So if I know I'm not going to win that contract, you know what I do? Initially, when I write it down, my heart begins to race. I put myself in the situation of losing a big contract. I think of all the variables, what, what potential the outcomes can come from that. I mean, I lose the contract. What happens? My my revenues go down. That means I can't spend this much. But you want to know something? I go through and I create a mitigation plan. I go through and I go, okay, if my revenues go down because of this one contract loss, what do I need to do 
to regain my revenues. And right away, instead of my heart racing and you know the stress monster looming behind uh, in the back of my mind, I start feeling like I'm gaining control again. And I sit there and I say, you know, this isn't so bad. There's going to be other contracts. I take a look at my full portfolio. I start understanding what other opportunities are there, what exists. And guess what? That part of my you know, stress, you know, that's been accumulating starts to dissipate. And then I look at, okay, what other things? I'm not going to be able to pay my cost in this and that. So what do I do? I create a mitigation plan to adjust my cost output. So again, writing it down, creating a mitigation plan to deal with those stressors and especially creating a full plan of action for your day will it absolutely eliminate this stuff. And notice also as you're speaking, I think I counted the word plan three or four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, one of the things that's interesting is when you were describing, for example, I set up a mitigation plan for this, I set up a mitigation plan for that. What happens there in part is that you can't you can't have your mind free flowing and ruminating about yeah, the yeah, horrors yeah. of the future yeah. and be planning yeah. next yeah, Wednesday yeah, at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah. So by shifting your focus yep. to something that's both real, manageable, right? You have something you can get your hands around instead of this nebulous cloud yeah, of yeah, fear, yeah. Yeah. you know, that goes away and it's replaced then. You may still feel some of the emotions. Yeah but you have a balance to it. Yeah. You have a mitigating, as you put yeah. it, yeah. Uh, tone and tenor, yeah. and you can be effective. Oh, yeah. So t- so now applying those strategies, I mean, it sounds like you have a, a model on how you deal with stress. You have a model on how you deal with time. How do you manage 30-plus clients at any given time? What do you tell them regarding stress management and time management? This is great because one of the things I I would have loved to have said when I thought about it to initially look at that was expectation management is huge. So if people know you've trained them that you're going to answer an email in 30 minutes, then they're going to expect that. If they know you're going to get an email back in 24 hours, then you've trained them to that effect, right? So you're always always either training or being trained by your kids, by your clients, what have you, right? Second thing is having the right clients, obviously the technology is in place to do the project management. But the biggest thing is people have to understand that if you're doing your best for them, Mm -hmm. right, and and you have a plan and you're moving through that plan, there are things that will happen. So I like to let people know up front, a relationship is not perfect. There's going to be, you know, give and take, okay? And we're going to do everything we can to be transparent with you. And that oftentimes allows the space, the margin to get from them what we need to yeah, make sure that yeah. they're on point. Do you provide them with a kind of like a, a detailed plan of execution that manages the time that you were providing for them and which goes through potential risks that can be associated with whatever project you're working with to kind of, again, minimize, you know, that, you know, that fear, that fear of loss or stress and they have full visibility of what's going on. Yeah. We actually use a um, project management system that lays everything out. We have statements of work and also has the Gantt charting. Yeah, so at yeah, any yeah. time, we can produce reports for them yeah. that shows because they're stressed too. Yeah, right? They have a timeline. They're yeah. going to launch a product. They need to know what's progressing. And visibility, I think, 
is a huge, yeah. huge mitigator of stress. Yeah. So when it comes down to uh, really introducing this never broken mindset, Don, it sounds like you have learned it on your own from the point of being a, a broker and, you know, that behemoth, you know, coming in and disrupting your industry. You sat back, you said, look, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to survive. I'm going to do whatever it takes to survive. You went out, you went to school, you started your own practice around being an entrepreneur, built your own, uh, you know, highly successful media company. And today you are educating, you know, clients around the world on how to manage their projects, how to deal with stress in a timely, timely fashion to create absolute success. So Don, I really appreciate you being here today. And uh, Don is with Leverage Point Digital. It's a media company out of PA. Um, and if you need to uh, reach out to Don regarding some media, I'll have that on the website. And uh, thanks again to everyone for listening to The Never Broken Mindset.